0: Panel ID, Ryan. Panel ID, Polly. This is Doom.
1: Alright, so Doom. Directed by Andre Bartkoviak. Written by David Callahan and Wesley Strick. Produced by Universal on a budget of $60 million. It made. A grand total of 15488870 in its opening weekend in the USA for a gross U.S. total of 28212337 which is pretty small compared to its budget. And cumulatively worldwide, it almost made its $60 million back, $58,072,119, released in 2005. Doom is obviously an adaptation of a video game. It is the beginning of our conversation about video game movies, which we're going to do a few of until we get tired of it. (laughs) We have a list. We'll see how far into it we get. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the games first, just to give people a little bit of background concept uh, before we dive into it. So Doom, the first one was released in 1993, of all things. Oh. Very, very old sort of first-person shooter, really uh, 8-bit. Would you call that 8-bit? Well, it came out on PC first, I
0: believe, and then it was ported over to the Super Nintendo. So I'd say 16-bit. 8-bit was more of the NES era, I suppose.
1: Well, all right, there you go. And then Doom Two. It's a very similar game, both first-person shooters, both very um, action-heavy, very run-and-gun. You just sort of dive into a room, you shoot up a bunch of stuff, you pick up armor, you know, all that kind of stuff, fight monsters. Uh, Final Doom, which I had never heard of until I started looking up all this stuff, was in 1996. I don't know what it is. I have never heard of it before.
0: I I, I could be wrong, but something tells me through my research of just looking up video games in the past. I think those were basically the same Doom games, just on different platforms.
1: Just like reported to something else, I guess. Okay. I think so. Makes sense. I could
0: be wrong, but that's,
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Doom 3 comes out in 2004. That was the one that I started. I played it first. I That was my... Uh, entrance into the world of Doom, and I thought it was a fantastic game. It's also a first-person shooter, but it diverges from the sort of run-and-gun, super action-heavy sort of style, and it becomes a little bit of an action horror. Uh, they, They start integrating elements of jump scares, really creepy lighting. The sound design is fantastic. I mean, like, when the doors open, it's just the most horrifying sound. And if you're not looking at a door and you accidentally get too close and it opens, it has caused me to shit myself (laughs) several times. Um, So there's that. And then in 2005, along with the release of this movie, they also released a DLC called The Resurrection of Evil. Uh, (laughs) 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 They released a DLC called The Resurrection of Evil in 2005 uh, alongside the same years this movie came out. Uh, and then 2012, they released the BFG edition, which I'm currently working my way through. It's the same game, but like it also comes with Doom 1 and 2 and all the DLC, and they give you way too much ammo. And then in 2016, they rebooted the series with Doom, just Doom again. Uh, They're basically going back to kind of combining what Doom 3 was with what Doom 1 was. So the hardcore, heavy, run-and-gun, dive-into-the-middle-of-everything action, but still kind of creepy. A little bit of horror, but not as much heavy on the creepiness. Like, when I played through Doom 3 the first time, I played it really slow. I crept around. I was, like, always super cautious, which probably isn't the way you're supposed to play it, but that's how I played it because I was scared. <laughs> and then I play I've been playing it through a second time for this show. I wanted to get back into it again. and I've been running through it a lot faster. Uh, it's still scary. It's still I still get like start shitting myself at things that I knew were there and forgot or whatever. But uh, I've been running through it a lot more quickly now. Maybe that's because I have so much ammo. Cause that was part of why it was so so much a horror game in in the original version of Doom three is because oh, okay I was like hmm? is because there's actually an element of conservation where if you use the same gun too much you run out of bullets and if you don't shoot accurately you run out of bullets and if you don't use the environment properly like the exploding barrels and things you run out of bullets so you actually have to be cautious about that in the BFG edition it's like trying to go back to Doom one it's a running gun you yeah, have yeah. endless ammunition
0: so. Yeah, Doom Doom 3 sounds more like a survival horror game like Resident Evil was back in the day. I don't know if you ever played Resident Evil uh, that much, especially the, the old school ones. Not not really,
1: no. Oh,
0: okay, so the Resident Evil, just just slight tangent here, but um, Resident Evil was a game where you had to really choose your battles wisely. If you ch- didn't choose your battles, you get fucked up. Whereas Doom... You just go in, <laughs> the enemies would be out in the open. they would they might see you and start running at you, and then you just fucking shoot the shit out of them. And that was it, right? Yeah. I only played the demo of Doom Three, but it was it also
1: reminded me of that game Dead Space a lot as well. it has a it has a lot of similarities. And I mean, they do a lot of the same things. I think Dead Space is a better horror game because it's pure horror. Whereas Doom is trying to be a little bit of both, but it's got very, very similar sort of vibes to it.
0: And then 2016's Doom came out and, you know, like we were saying, that just went back to old old Doom formula where you just run in and blast the shit out of it, everything. But it did have more of those horror elements where you would go into, you know before a big battle would start, the, the room might be eerily quiet and you might see dead bodies. You might take a key off one and bust the guy's arm off or, you know, you'd fall apart or something. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing with Doom as well is it was so over the, like, and I think even the developers talked about this as well. And I think this, this also ties in with the movie, but with Doom, the gore was so over the top and cartoony that it it wasn't even technically, it it was still classified as violence, but nobody can like take somebody and like rip them in half or like, you know. There's a lot a, of
1: crazy glory kills.
0: In yeah, it. exactly. And even with the movie, which is, you know, it, it it's more grounded than, you know, the original Doom was or... For what I remember of Doom three and then also the new one it was it was more grounded, but it was still it still kind of had that over the top violence kind of like I wouldn't go as far to say it is like Robocop or something like that. The nice thing was too is they actually used real blood squibs and stuff like that as well and no as far as I remember anyways there was there was no CGI blood or anything like that it was still around the time when the cGI was still in its infancy stages and some of the, some of the visual effects look a little dated
1: to the, to that point, I guess one of the things I wanted to, the the reason I want to talk about the game a little bit is because we do want to do this as like a, how is it adapted to a movie? What did they choose to take? What did they choose not to take? How did they change it? That sort of thing. So I don't want to get into crazy depth about too much of the game or just the movie. Uh, The only things I really wanted to kind of point to to say off the top uh, is that I hadn't played the Resurrection of Evil DLC until we started preparing for this podcast. So I didn't, or I didn't see as much of a connection between the movie and the story. I think if I had been in with it and the time when it was first coming out, when Doom came out in 2004, if I played it in 2004 instead of like, I don't know, six years later when I finally got around to it, and had done that, and maybe watched the movie and played the DLC, kind of all in that same vein. Right. It might have felt like this really cool sort of tangential story building, which is generally is the point. Like that isn't always the case. A lot of times they'll try and reboot a series or a game by making it a movie to re stir up excitement. It or something yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but I, for this one, it. I know I can't speak to their intentions, but it really feels like what they were trying to do was do tangential transmedia uh, projects that would develop separately the story in similar ways, mm. but doing somewhat different things that people could get kind of excited about in both ends. So I think that was kind of the idea behind it with the resurrection of evil DLC they you get to as a player in the game go into the archaeology site which they never talk about in the original game in like the main game yeah so that's something that kind of brings the movie into the game a bit because they're connecting through that sort of archaeological dig site so i have a question for you yes sir the hell is the tone in this movie because i was trying to figure it out it seemed at some points like it was trying to be comedy it's it and, I mean, now, comedic relief is definitely a thing, and it obviously wasn't going for a full-blown comedy, but, like, there was a comedic tone to it. There was a horror tone to it. There was, like, this gung-ho, like, hoorah military action. sort. I I could not nail down what the hell tone they were going for. I think
0: they were just going for... In In some way, I think, Doom... Is perhaps a, a, a love letter to the '80s action movies um, because this did remind me a lot of Predator, especially at the beginning. Like I was thinking, like when they were when they were flying to the Ark, you could just put the the Predator theme song over that, and you'd probably <laughs> think it was like the same thing. So I think it's uh, because you got the Rock. You got Carl Urban, which he doesn't seem like an eighty like an eighties action star, but I mean he did play Dread, he did play Judge Dread in the 2000, oh. 2014 movie, and he was an awesome Dread. So Carl Urban, definite action movie, and he was in the Born Supremacy and stuff as well, and you know he does he does stuff like that uh quite quite frequently, so. And then you got everybody else, which might as well be part of the '80s uh, ragtag team of soldiers that go up into, you know, unknown danger, kind of underestimate the situation, and then get their asses handed to them because they go in, they're cocky, they're like, yo, we're we're hot shit, and then they just get fucking destroyed. So, yeah, I w- I would say I would say the tone <laughs> in general because there's no really. I mean, it's not over the like too over the top, for the most part. Like there are there, it does have its moments, and then you know it, it's got its bit of it, its bits of comedy in there as well, and just really surface level good against evil. Really, we'll we'll get to that, but yeah.
1: Well, I think that's a good trend segue because the good against evil thing is is. Um... I mean, first of all, evil's evil is the, the the what doom is about. you know the the games, the original story is science people find a civilization, an extinct civilization on Mars. and they start exploring it, and they realize that these people had worshipped some sort of strange monsters. and they start exploring these weird technologies they have and accidentally open a portal to hell, which summons hell demons, and they come out and, kill people and take over dead bodies and turn them into zombies through possession
0: not infection
1: not infection <laughs> so yeah so that, so that's the original that's the idea is that there's there's a portal a gateway into actual hell and evil is pouring out because of our scientific rigors I guess we they, they really sell up the UAC in, in in the I don't think they do it in the first Doom games. But in the third one, the opening cutscene is really, really heavy handed about w- what the UAC is, which is uh, uh, the only real mega corporation that exists. It's bigger and has more money, essentially, limitless funding. And because they have this base on Mars, they have absolutely no oversight, no supervision, no human rights. They have entirely free reign to do absolutely whatever they want and it's allowed them to create some really amazing technology um they're trying to use the hell portal as a power source is is essentially what they're trying to go for is trying to find a way to develop endless power essentially by tapping into hell so that seems like a good idea (laughs) 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 exactly so that's smart Nah, and then the movie tries to explain it so that it's – see, now I'm worried – I'm not worried. I, I think that maybe they were worried about trying to – about coming across as being too religious in the movie by be, making it about hell. Um, I don't know that for sure. I haven't heard anybody say that officially, but the only reason to, in my mind that they would change – to trying to make it a scientific explanation about chromosomes and how somehow having another chromosome it causes you to be evil or good but if you're evil the monsters make you evil monsters and if you're good you become a superhero but like it doesn't make any sense so why would they change it unless they were just actively trying to avoid using the hell explanation and why would they try and avoid it? Maybe they're trying to be different. Maybe they were trying to not be Christian. <laughs> I don't know.
0: My my take on that would be hell's been done in movies many times. Like it's been done in Spawn. It's been done in Hellraiser. Uh, there's that one with Tim Curry where he literally, I think it's called Legion or something where he's literally yeah. the devil or, or something like that. But I mean, hell's been done many, many times. And I think throughout, you know, the eighties and let's say like the mid nineties, maybe it was just getting to that point where nobody wanted to see that in movies anymore. Cause everything had been done by that point or they thought everything had been done. And that was also around the time the whole zombie craze was going. They're like, yeah, science bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> science, bitch.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I can see where they're going with it, but it comes across as a little weird especially like because in, in my notes i have demons and air quotes all the time because <laughs> they still want to like try to keep that in there but they're like this place has been hell it's always been hell and like when grim was like you got to face your demons sometime and all that it's like this genetic sort of preposition for or predisposition for evil that causes people to turn into these demonic d- demonic beings i suppose which is just stupid but i mean i guess it makes sense for the time because it was around the time the whole zombie craze was going resident evil was pretty popular i think dawn of the dead came out the year after the dawn of the dead remake and then i think Shaun of the dead was out before this movie or maybe a little bit after but it, I, I remember when i first when i first saw this movie i was like yeah fucking zombies you got carl urban going around just blasting a bunch of zombies and the rock going around blasting zombies and stuff. So I think it's appropriate for the time. I suppose it just, when you, when you talk about a doom adaptation, just throwing air quotes over the term demon doesn't make it any better. I mean, at least they tried.
1: They, they made an effort to explain it, which I, which I mean, I will never fault a creator who is adapting something from trying to do something differently. I don't, I feel like I've said this before, but I don't understand why people get really mad when the movie isn't exactly the same as the book. It's like, why do you want to see exactly the same story again, you know? Take some creative liberties, but, like, also, you know, don't sacrifice good storytelling just to be different. So, it's tough. Um, Those two zombie movies you mentioned, both of them, Shaun of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead remake, were both 2004. The year before this movie. So you're right. It's right in the middle of that craze of everybody going after zombies. So in that sense, it makes sense that they make it more an infection because it's more hip with the times, as much as I hate to say that. It's hip with the kids. It's, it's, it's in with the kids these mm-hmm. days, boys. It's hip. It's, it's what's up, you know? <laughs> but... Um, and because it's universal's making it it's a big picture it's got 60 million dollar budget they want to do something that is generally well received and when zombie movies are being well received it's like why make a a movie about hell demons when you can make a movie about zombies and that's what people want and and that's the thing is it's like sometimes that pays off in the short term here it didn't, but sometimes it does, mm-hmm. and it usually doesn't pay off in the long term because now here we are, zombie movies are starting to get a little bit tired, and and it just it doesn't hold water anymore, I guess. And I mean, part of that is, I guess, that it's not, like, the greatest movie ever made. You know, like, it's fun. It's a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it, and I... Ugh. I shook my head so many times. Like, why... Okay, first of all, Goat gets, like, attacked by... The first time we actually see the demon thing properly, he gets attacked. And they they, they take him back to the infirmary. And for some reason, they thought it was a good idea to have every single person who knows how to fight in the infirmary, trying to be a doctor. (laughs) Meanwhile, the entire population of the base, who are scientists and non-combatants and civilians who have no idea how to use a gun and have no weapons, are just on their own out there. And they also think it's a good idea to give a guy who has never fought before and who is (laughs) fairly immobile a gun and some grenades and give him the most important guard duty... On the entire fucking planet. Like, why? Why would you not put one of your people there? You know he's not going to do the job. Yeah. You're smarter than this. You are Marines. You know what you're doing. You should have left somebody there. Why? Yeah, and then when, when Goat
0: gets fucked up, they don't know what it is. And it's it's like 45 minutes into the movie till you actually get a good look at one of these things and it fucking attacks somebody.
1: Which is a good thing. I will say I appreciated that.
0: Okay. For me, like, yeah, uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's just when I think of Doom, I don't think it should take 45 minutes to get to the meat of it. I think, I mean, this is a different kind of Doom. Don't get me wrong. This is a different kind of Doom. It just, it spends too much time explaining stuff. There's even the part where she's like, this thing didn't kill Willix. It is Willix. And then he's like,
1: what? <laughs> I wrote that down yeah. just because of how he, so flat his response was. He just looks at you, is like, "What?" <laughs> like he doesn't even care.
0: Well, he he, I think he was just as confused as I was, and <laughs> <laughs> um, like just the tonality in his voice, just like, yeah, that's that's as lame as it sounds, like it is. Ah, uh, I don't know, but like it took. 45 minutes to see the goddamn thing. And you don't even see it that much. It's just kind of in the shadows. It like ejects its tongue into them and, you know, changes them and whatever, like possesses (laughs) them. And then uh like when he when he gets injured, everybody just comes running out into open space. They're like, move out of the way. We got an injured man here. So like then they're causing panic. It's like, you guys are you guys are space Marines. You're not just Marines, you're space (laughs) Marines and you're freaking all these people out and just causing like all this, all this havoc. And then, yeah, why would you, why would you stick pinky, a guy with wheels for legs and no military background at all on guard duty for, like you said, the most important job. And also later on in the movie, I think it was probably the Baron or something, that big motherfucker. He like cuts through a door that's probably like a foot-thick steel with a chainsaw. And I know those chainsaws are big, but
1: chainsaws don't work like that. See, here's the thing, though. He's the Baron. So he can cut through the door because he's big. And it doesn't matter that the chainsaw doesn't work because he's a big motherfucker. So it's fine. I would also say I don't even think the wheels part is a problem like he proved he was quite mobile Pinky yeah, did. Yeah. But it was just the fact that like he's proven already that he's kind of cowardly. He's proven already that he has no idea. You hand him a gun and some grenades and he holds them like they're fucking like he can't even figure out how to keep his hands on them. <laughs> and you want him to use this grenade that's so powerful that they're worried it's going to destroy their only way home. And you want him to be in charge of this. And then, of course, he runs away at the end and doesn't do what he's supposed to do, obviously, because that's he's not a soldier. like why would he no his
0: line was, "I'm not a soldier. Why don't you go fuck yourselves? <laughs> like I was oh, like, okay. I was like, yeah, totally, like, what the fuck's wrong with you he 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 gets a little bit let's say he he becomes a little less cowardly towards the end of the movie.
1: Well, I mean, he becomes a monster, <laughs> so or sorry air quote demon. And I guess something else I had thought about, which was interesting, the bottom of their helicopter and their their emblem and their logos and everything, it calls them Hellfighters. Oh, I
0: didn't even notice that.
1: I had to double check because it's very dark and you don't really see it, so I rewound and paused it and checked. It calls them Hellfighters, which implies that this has happened before, so why don't they know what's going on? Or alternatively, they're called Hellfighters because it sounded cool and the people who do doom will be like, "Oh, Hellfighters." Haha, but like the only other in-story or in-world reason to call themselves that would be like not actually related to but just saying they're Hellfighters like they fight in hell or something like relate. Yeah. Very vague and it sounds cool, but but like you know this movie is about hell. We know this movie is about hell. We also, generally speaking, if you're watching this movie, you probably at least know what the games are about. So don't call them the Hellfighters because then you're telling everybody that they know what's going on when they clearly don't know. It was a, It was a really nitpicky thing, but like I saw it and I was like, that kind of annoys me.
0: Well, and like with the, with that being said, too, it's like you call them Hellfighters. See, here here's like where I could say, okay this works this version of doom works if say like you said if this had happened before and you know they know they know their shit that would be a cool idea like if they if they'd already been through it say you know at the beginning when they're supposed to be going on vacation or whatever what if you saw like the head of a baron or like a pinky or something just hanging above one of their walls and you know maybe they have you know just little trophies and like whatever, or maybe, I don't know, but it would have been cooler to have them experience this kind of stuff before and maybe, or even have it. So they've done this a couple times and it's still being investigated and they don't know what is causing all this. And yeah, that, that would, you know, work in
1: terms of like, it, it would work and it would work really well because in the games too, when they come out, doom three, they do. It's the first time it happens, and then the Doom Three DLC it happens a second time, and then in like story world, I I'm trying. I don't think they really explained it very well, or or they uh, avoided explaining it in the Doom remake that came out in 2016 uh, of like where it is in the timeline. It seems like it's sort of either alternate universe or reimagining or something like it might not be but this could this could easily have happened like 3 years after Doom 3 and they've gone and done it a third time or a fourth time and they're they're literally on call for this reason and that would have been so much better than oh my god we don't know what's happening oh my god there's chromosomes why why do they have an extra oh my god they have another chromosome <laughs> and then on the chromosome thing at the end because they're they're trying to save all the like data and whatever and the whole time they're like debating what's going on they're trying to figure it out they don't really whatever and and like they got to save the thing and stuff and then <laughs> they finally she grabs the chromosome 24 that's been in the room with them the entire time oh yeah, yeah. and nobody saw it N- she was she has been in there for like at least 2 hours and yeah. she hasn't seen it she hasn't found anything and then suddenly it's just right there conveniently when she needs it like I, I, that, that, that part kind of annoyed me a little bit. I, yeah, I don't like being ripping on movies all the time. And I, I, I have fun with this. I had a lot of fun watching it. I was going to watch it a, a few times. Like I usually do. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't get through another watch. I think it's one of those movies that like you see it once or twice but if you see it twice, it's like 10 years later like what I just did where I like I watched this when it came out kind of <laughs> wow, well, I should go back to it. Nope, never mind. Shouldn't have done that. I had one other thought. There's 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 like a lot of little weird acting moments throughout like the what? And <laughs> things like that where, you know. And and there's a lot of weird dialogue moments like at the very end everybody's dead except for reaper and samantha i wanted to call her sarah because terminator but uh, no i knew that wasn't right so samantha and reaper are like they go back and they lock themselves in this room they've like barred the door everything's super secure and then they walk in and then samantha's like how, how long until they get in and reaper lies down and he's like oh not long I'm like, how the fuck do you know that you have no idea what they're capable of you have no idea how, how like you you they're There's no way. That's just literally just – that's action-moving jargon to try and make people feel like things have to happen faster. Yeah. There's no purpose to it. There's no – like it doesn't serve anything other than just being a random catch-all, which – I mean, 80s action movies kind of do that, I guess. They just throw these phrases that really don't mean much, and if you yell them loud enough, it sounds like they're interesting and important, but it – yeah –
0: and also, to to add to that as well, is when Samantha's doing her autopsy on, I think it was Carmack, one of the demons anyway, or Steve. Steve. <laughs> it's Steve. Um, uh, <laughs> hey, she's, Steve. She's doing this autopsy on this thing, and she's not wearing a mask, for one. She doesn't know what the fuck this thing is. Mm. You know, what kind of pathogens, you know, that thing's going to release into the air and, you know, all the other stuff that goes with the territory of being on an alien planet with you know whatever so she's got no mask and my thing is too is like how do you know this thing's dead for sure like you just shot it a few times it's this big like mutated thing you don't know if it regenerates i would have put it in the same room with goat or something put it in the little cold room or something yeah. and waited not just like I have to find out what's going on right now without a mask. I have to know because I love science.
1: <laughs> and then when she drops her flashlight down his throat, right. And he's holding the mouth open and reaching. I'm like, to that same point, like if it had come back alive, it would have just bit her arm off. Like there's no way he would have been able to hold its mouth open, you know? And uh, it, Yeah. Scientists not doing science right bother me in movies.
0: The other thing, I think it would have been awesome if that thing came back to life and bit her arm off, because you didn't the only like there was one cool arm gag in the movie, and that was at the very beginning, and I think that was CGI anyways, but it was when she was reaching through the door and she's like, Carmack, and then the door closed on her arm, and then the Baron got her and like like pulled her up and then her arm got
1: severed. That is one thing I will say. I think the idea of nano walls was super cool. Mm-hmm. It was one of the, I think it was one of the best additions to the world that the movie had to offer because mm-hmm. I have literally never thought about doing that in anything I've written before, but it seems so like such a clearly solid idea. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to close a door, yeah. it's a really good defensive thing it makes it so you can hide rooms if you like it's there's so many applications it's brilliant i just wish that like the rest of it had been Mm -hmm. that good i'm surprised they didn't put the
0: nanowalls in the game because the nanowalls could have made a like a cool game mechanic where you could like if there's a big force of demons or whatever coming towards you you could just you know, shoot the nano wall or something. And then it would give you a certain amount of time till it closed or something. And then you could just get them all locked inside the wall and just like blast them like that. Just like shooting fish in a barrel or something. I don't know, but that could have been a cool game mechanic just even for escaping big hordes or something that you couldn't get across. Like maybe have different ways you can use them in the game, kind of like they did in the
1: movie. So. All right. So I think, I think we've probably beaten the movie to death a little bit as far as what there is to talk about on the surface. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we should talk a little bit about how it was adapted and more specifically about the connections to the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the obvious one, of course, is the literal video game that it becomes at the end in the first-person perspective, which was actually like quite well done. It was believable. I'm pretty sure it was all real. Like, I don't think there was any effects it was just clever camera work for the most part i think the the
0: only thing because all the camera work was done for real like they might have you know done some digital stuff for like when reaper was jumping over things and whatever but um i think the only thing that was you know aside from a few a few visual effects like they actually did light people on fire but then they just added to it uh, just to make it more you know crazy and there was one thing in that too that I really appreciated was there was a red gas tank behind him and he shot the red gas tank and blew him up essentially I thought that was awesome yeah so I think the only thing that was really you know mainly cgi in in that first person shooter sequence was the gun like Reaper's rifle and his hand and you know whatever else and then at the end when he was fighting pinky, I think that was I think maybe the set was actual construction, but I'm pretty sure everything else, like the pinky and Reaper's hands and his feet, it looked pretty dated because there was a part where he was kicked, like the, the pinky got him in the leg and he was like kind of tearing on him. And then he started kicking him in the head and it looked like he was wearing a rubber boot. (laughs) It didn't even look like, it didn't even look like a proper like boot that he was wearing. It just looked like he was kicking him with a rubber boot on. So, um, yeah I I, that was like a really solid scene like the music all that stuff like really helped that scene a lot and I watched it twice when I was watching this I'm like yo this is like awesome and it also made the g36 one of my favorite guns ever just because of that scene
1: and I mean it it really does a good job of connecting to the game because again that that explosive barrel like that's a doom thing that you can do that in doom you know it's like and the the style of it, the music, as you said, it was all very much not just video gamey, but very doom, you know. Yeah. It was it was for the people who played the game and it did a very good job. I should say, I guess I I didn't mean I had figured like Pinky the Demon would have was not real and the gun seemed maybe right. to be effects, yeah. but like the camera work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I was I was really impressed with that part. It's got like the the Doom 3 feeling throughout the whole movie of being kind of horror-y, but also action um, more so than the other ones, like we were talking about earlier. I think it's mostly trying to build off of that kind of type of the game, not the first Doom 1 and 2, but Doom 3 specifically. Yeah. Uh, and you can really feel how that goes through. I, I really appreciated in that first-person part when he shot his reflection, oh. because... There's a scene in Doom Three where you go into a bathroom, and as soon as you look at a mirror, you get like a jump scare cutscene. Oh, okay. That it kind of like you don't actually shoot the mirror, but um, it's sort of calling back to that, and like it's you you actually see yourself in the mirrors in the game, which is unusual. Yeah. And fucking startling sometimes <laughs> like yeah. you turn around and there's a person there and you're like that was not supposed to be there that's that you know so yeah. Yeah, I, I i thought that part was super cool and the bfg i i have a feeling you might be have some things to say about that i thought it looked really fucking cool i really liked that they treated it the same way the game treats it which is this sort of like god figure weapon that you can kind of find it's got this sort of like i don't know the aura about it and they finally get it and it melts shit you know and it's just like it was really cool i appreciated it i think like
0: now that now that we're talking about this little like you know in more detail and everything for for the style of doom this is it's not overly big it's not like in doom 2016 where you just got this massive fucking cannon right like it's wieldy in this right like you can actually picture somebody like being able to carry it right so that that i have like a little bit more appreciation for now
1: which is how it is in the doom three as well it's wield wieldable
0: okay so i i have and it's it's still it's still big like it's it's massive like for for a prop for a prop gun it's fucking massive yeah so, I appreciated that part. The one uh, actually, there's a few things i well, the three <laughs> shots that the mo- thing had in the movie, I did not appreciate. You know Fair. So the first time you see Sarge fire it, he kills like, and you don't even really see it. He kills like one demon with it when it, after it like catches Port uh, Portman in the yeah. fucking shitter or whatever, and it <laughs> fucking rips him apart and like pulls him through the roof or whatever. And then, so you see, like, it escaped already, and then Sarge shoots it, and then all you see is a big hole. It's like, well, did he – because I, I thought he missed. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's, like, a cool, like, you know, intro.
1: I would say I think the thing about the BFG maybe is that is you, – like, you can't fucking miss. He shot where the thing was. It went through the floor. through. Like, I don't think he missed, no. but they didn't sell the hit.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. So the first shot, they didn't sell they didn't sell the hit. The second shot he took with it was off screen and he killed a bunch of civilians. Yeah. So Uh, and then the third shot (laughs) He's like he's like how many how many uh how much you got left? He's like, half clip you and he's like, I got one round, <laughs> and then he, and he shoots at him and he misses anyway. So you don't even get to see like any any like actual kills with the thing because the first time you use the BFG in Doom 2016, anyways, there's like a long hallway filled with zombies, and you take one shot with it and it just like like vaporizes everything. So it's like, man, like I would have much like as as much as that gun suits the rock it would have been cooler to see Reaper using it in that first person sequence, maybe as like a last resort near the end or something. Cause as much as I love, I love his beefed up G36, it would have been really cool to see him like, cause there's, there's one sh- shot in the the first person sequence when he's, when there's one demon like running down this long corridor at him. And then it's like, why don't you just like fill it up full of zombies and then, yeah. you know, just have him just vaporize it, like have it as like the last thing, like he's almost to Sam. And then he's like, oh, shit. He's like, I got half a clip of fucking ammo left and I got the BFG. So I'm going to use the BFG. And that would have been a good time just to cut it out of the movie instead of I got one
1: round. I think I think they wrote themselves into a corner in a couple of ways. I'm I'm just sort of working through this thought as you're talking about this now, but I think they wrote themselves into a corner in a couple ways. I think that they tried really hard to make it not a one man versus all of hell movie, which again, I'm like, I can appreciate trying to make things different, building the world, doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, But because they didn't do that, they then had to bring all of these civilians into it. But then they also made it so that the civilians survive and so the whole plot revolves around finding the six people who disappeared on the one experiment which means that there can't be a whole army of zombies because there was only six people and so in order for them to actually have this grand scale World apocalypse sort of zombie thing happening. They would have had to either kill all the civilians off on Mars, or do what they did and kill them off on Earth. But then that wasn't really done super well because they kind of just it was all off camera, and they were really pushing the idea that they shouldn't kill most of them because they were not infected. And it's like a violence isn't always the answer sort of mentality posed against. Whatever the hell happens to the Rock's brain at the end, which, I mean, maybe he got infected early and it started turning him crazy. <laughs> That's about the only explanation I can come up with for that. See, with the with the
0: first person sequence, too, like, it was kind of like one man versus an arm, like... Not a huge army, obviously, but I mean, there were people that were infected still that were on Earth and blah, blah, blah. See, the other the other problem I had, too, is when they went to Earth, it looked the same as Mars. You almost don't even know that they're back on Earth because it looks exactly the same. And I'm like, why even have them go back to Earth? Especially that Earth doesn't have its own look anyways.
1: It raises the stakes, I guess, because there's this idea that if they make it through the portal to the other, back to earth, Earth is at risk of being wiped out. So it's that sort of like climax of, oh shit, we failed. Uh, what would you call it? There's like the the second yeah. the second act climax usually involves a failure that the yeah. heroes have to get over if you're talking about a classic story arc. Yeah. and And that's kind of what that is. They fail to to contain it. it gets back to earth. But yeah, it it looks the same it doesn't feel like we've gone anywhere different, which I mean, from a narrative point of view makes sense because they're going from one UAC facility to another. So they wouldn't really look that different because UACs function over, over uh, style when it comes to most of what they do. Um, So like every part of it makes sense other than just that it kind of doesn't really do the movie a lot of good. But I also didn't think it hurt it either. I don't think it. I don't think it hurt
0: it. It just kind of. I mean, for a movie called Doom, it was just kind of like, okay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> not very doomy.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. My my other thing would be is like, you know, if you. If they did it right, they could have possibly left it off on. And I I don't like these very much, but I mean if they did want to make it a franchise, they could have left it off on sort of like how they left doom 2016 on a bit of a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. saying like, okay, shit. Now I'm the only one on my team left and they just got back to earth. And this is like, this is going to get crazy, you know? So, um, I don't know. There, there was a lot in this personally that could have been cut out and, not even not even cut out to 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 some extent, but
1: more briefed, I suppose it it lacked refinement, I think, in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. you know it was I don't want to say it was rushed because I don't know that it necessarily was, but what it, it was like three weeks of production for this
0: three weeks to shoot so, the first person scene.
1: Oh, just the fr- oh! I misunderstood so, that. Yeah. That makes way more sense now. Okay, yeah. so I was gonna say if they shot this whole movie in three weeks, like I shoot Hallmark <laughs> movies in three weeks, man, that's not enough time. Yeah. Um, that makes more sense. Okay. Still though, it it felt like it needed to be cleaned up. Maybe it needed some refining. It needed some, you know, and and a lot of the problems came from the fact that it tried to be different. And I don't want to fault it for trying to be different, but it, it it was different in a way that didn't help itself.
0: I think for it being it being different, what they tried to do, I think, which was the problem, instead of kind of rolling with it, it's like they were too... I, I think it wasn't that they were afraid to put hell in the movie. I think they were more afraid of like pissing the fans off. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, now we have to explain everything just so we can justify the actions that we took to write this and make it
1: so it did a prequels yeah like that's the metachlorians and and the forces science and chromosomes and huh no no everything doesn't need an explanation and that was actually that was something i was going to say to your point before you were talking about how um you didn't like that it took too long to get to the point and that we weren't seeing demons until like 45 minutes into the movie or whatever it, to me that worked only because it works as a, as a horror movie strategy, right? You're, you're hiding the monsters from people to try and make it so that they don't know. And you're more scared of what you can't see and what you don't know. Mm -hmm. The problem is that everybody fucking knows what's coming. Right. So like the strategy of hiding the monster until later to try and increase fear doesn't work when people know what the monster is. So while I agree that I'm hesitant to agree because I appreciate that it's doing something that is a legitimately good filmmaking technique, mm-hmm. it doesn't work here and as well, because of that fact. Yeah,
0: and I I agree with you on that. Like, I think what they were trying to do suits the tone of Doom in some way. But what what my problem was with it, it was just full of cheap-ass scares and fake-outs. Like, Mm. instead of the cat scare, it was a fucking monkey. And then Destroyer just went, you know, (laughs) ape shit on it. (laughs) You know? So he's like, he's shooting at this monkey with... A fucking chain gun and then there was just all these i guess red herrings it was just mm. it it didn't add anything to it it was just like oh there it is oh no it's not there it is no it's not there it <laughs> is no it's not <laughs> and then finally 45 minutes into the fucking thing past the first act finally we get to see one and then it's like and then after that it's laying on a table you know yeah yeah and then, like, you know, Destroyer's death, like, that was lame.
1: I would also say his death was kind of lame in a lot of ways. But also, like, okay, this isn't really that big of a thing. But, like, he's using that pipe, right? Yeah. And he pins him down with it. I don't know if maybe I was crazy, but the pipe looked about four feet long when it was in his hands. And then he pins the guy to the wall and then gets up. And it's like a 15-foot-long fucking pole <laughs> pinning the guy to the wall. But I... I I could not, like, it seemed like two different pieces when I watched it. When I, I didn't go over it again to double-check that, but that's what it looked like to me on screen. He used a short pipe for ease of wielding it, and then they switched to a long one for the wide shot, but it was obvious that they'd done that, unless they didn't, and I was just being crazy. The one thing, like,
0: Destroyer, like, the fight itself was, like, fairly decent. Destroyer put up a good fight against the Baron. <laughs> the thing that got me was... He's climbing the chain, and then the, the demon just pulls up, and he's like, ah! And then that was it. It was just like...
1: He gets beat to shit. Yeah. And then a fall ends it.
0: Yeah, like, a fall, like, I don't know, probably eight feet. I mean, two feet's enough to really fuck you up if you land wrong. Like, fair enough. But he he, he landed on his back. I don't know. It was just was didn't seem like the appropriate way to end a fairly major character in the movie. Like he had a pretty lame death, like Duke's death, like was quick, but it was cool. Like he got pulled through the floor Oh Yeah. Like that was kind of cool. Like, I, I don't know. It was creative. Yeah, exactly. So
1: it was, it was like they were trying to, they were trying to fake you out again. Like, Oh, he's going to get away because we have bonded a little bit with destroyer at this point. Like, we know him better than some of the other guys, and I think, for my end, I liked him better than most of the other guys. He was less annoying, anyways. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, yeah, they, we'll get them excited because he's going to get away, and then and then he doesn't. But, like, why could he not have just landed and, like, cracked his back on something and been there, and then, the like, the Baron could have come over and, like, like finish, dealt with it.
0: Yeah, finished him off. Yeah, Yeah.
1: The other thing, too, was,
0: <laughs> out of all people, why was portman the the voice of reason near the end he's like we need reinforcements he's like soldier your fucking weapon soldier he doesn't like there's all these like kind of odd character switches it's like with with sarge like suddenly he loses his marbles for like what seems to be like no reason maybe it's because he saw something that he perceived as a demon or an alien and then or he was infected infected with what doom
1: He's infected with Doom.
0: Doom. Um, And then suddenly, like, Portman's like this, you know, you know, fucking deranged psycho and this dirty motherfucker. Nobody likes him. He's like, nobody here would miss you if you died. And suddenly he's the voice of reason. And he's like, we need to call reinforcements. We need this. We need that. And then, I don't know, it was just just some weird, like, I think the only characters that felt consistent to some degree was like like Reaper I guess and Duke and Destroyer and Mac.
1: I mean Re- Reaper had a, an actual story arc which I appreciated because he kind of became like the main character. Yeah. I would disagree with you about Portman. The reason I would disagree is a couple of things. He was always a little bit dodgy first of all. Mm-hmm. He's also probably high, and he has – I felt like he was uh, He was slowly becoming more and more afraid, and he was the only one who expressed any fear throughout the first part of the movie. So when it gets to that point where he's talking about reinforcements, I totally was on board with it. it yeah. Not only did it seem like a good idea, but it seemed like a proper progression of where his character was going. Um yeah. but it also didn't bother me that he was the only one because these guys are the reinforcements. Like they're sent yeah. in to do the job. Yeah, they're prideful, true. they're they do this all the time. Yeah. They're they're gonna go in and they're gonna do their damn job. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that uh the rock is already kind of set up as being too prideful for his own good so i for the most part everything about that part i i actually bought uh which was i mean more than i can say for some other parts of the movie (laughs) but my only thing with sarge is he comes
0: across in the movie when you first see him as sort of like the foundation of the team he's like He's the Rock, right? <laughs> right. So, like, and like when you first see him, like he's the first person you see in the movie, really. And you, you're you kind of under the impression that he's going to be the hero of the movie, and then they do this sort of like bait and switch tactic where they're like, "Ah, ah, nope, I got you again, <laughs> got you again." So it just the only the in in my eyes, anyway the only glimpse that you really get that he could possibly aside from like all his like little freakouts on like Portman and like the rest of the team like just like minor sort of like little you know whatever's um he doesn't really exhibit any traits of him being like a psycho other than when he's talking to a CEO at the beginning he's like retrieve the data like any means necessary and he's like he's like yeah simplify like whatever <laughs> right <laughs> so Um, it's just, it would have been different if you saw sort of a progression throughout the movie, but it just seems like by the time the third act hits, he's like, he's it's just like total flip of a switch. And you don't, it's not like he was like infected by one of these things or anything. And like I said, maybe it's the situation. Maybe he's like, did I just see a fucking alien? But they already know aliens exist anyways, because isn't that how the arc came to be. Mm-hmm. So like, they already know this shit exists. So like, why would it be like out of the ordinary? Like, yeah, I would freak you out and stuff. But I mean, these guys are called the hell So
1: my interpretation of that, it's unfortunate that it has to be an interpretation and it doesn't, it isn't <laughs> Not, more clear, yeah. but I think what's going on is that he has failed at the end of the second act, he failed. He couldn't contain it. And now he has to go home to a world that he put at risk and he doesn't want to admit to anybody else, especially his bosses that, that they couldn't contain it. So I think that that's where that comes from. I think that this is him becoming desperate. Mm -hmm. I don't, think that this explanation justifies the fact that it wasn't very well executed. yeah, but I think that that's what it's supposed to be. I think that he's he's unhappy that they failed. He's worried he's gonna have to tell his bosses that they fa- they fucked up. and now now he's got a whole facility full of people that he's put in his mind that he's killed already because they couldn't do their jobs to start with and that's not good enough for him and i think i think he goes too far not just that like (laughs) what he does is too far because it obviously is but like the switch of it is too much too fast yeah to be easily bought by an audience, even if that would be like a quick turnaround on people where like, that would be how a person would probably end up feeling yeah, and it would be pretty quick. I think that to do it in a way that an audience is going to buy it, it's got to be a little more built up to,
0: I also think we could be delving into this a little too deep (laughs) (laughs) for for fucking doom of all movies. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, what else? But the actors did. The actors themselves did a really good job. They did th- uh, like two two weeks of military training. So uh, when you look at them shooting their gun, and I I had this I, I had this criticism in Terminator. I don't know if it ended up which rendition of it we ended up with. But when Arnold was shooting his gun, he was blinking, and oh, soldiers. Right soldiers don't blink. So they, they went through training. Cause like, there's like air that comes out of the guns and it like gets in your eyes and it makes you flinch and it makes you blink and stuff. So they, they did like some, some training to get like the jargon down, to get certain uh certain tactics down, just, you know, the, the basics so they could actually come across on screen as soldiers that knew what they were doing. And I think they did a really good job of that. And when they're using these, these guns with blanks in them, like those blanks do some like serious damage. Like even <clears throat> there's a, there was a thing behind the scenes when one of them was going towards the camera crew and they were on a dolly or something, they were going backwards and they all had face shields on because the, the armor, is that what they call them? Yeah. The armor shot like a styrofoam head with, with one of the guns and it like just burned the shit out of it. So like Shit. they like they were using legit guns and then uh, the guy who played destroyer you see him <laughs> at first and he's like flinching and he's wincing and stuff and then they showed it closer to the time that they were shooting and he was standing there with this thing just like stone faced just <laughs> like so they did a pretty good job with that like I I bought them as you know the the ragtag uh hellfighters that They were supposed to be anyways.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, what really sold it for me. I mean, the whole movie was really well done as far as, like, tactic and and group sort of coordination goes other than, you know, the obvious moments we've talked about with people not being put in the right places for their, you know, job description. (laughs) But uh, uh, at the end, they're arguing over whether they should kill people or not. Um, when ro- the rock starts going crazy, and you know he's like, "We're gonna kill them all," and you you can't kill them all, and then the zombies start coming, so they're like closing doors and falling back, and the covering maneuvers that they were using of like one person shoots, the other person falls, and then yeah. the other person turns and starts shooting the other person, and they alternate like that. Yeah, was well, first of all, I mean that's like a good proper tactic, and then also it was really really well executed on screen, so that it felt really smooth, it felt really fluid, it felt rushed and intense but like still coordinated like even when they were under pressure like that they could still get their shit together and do their job
0: There was actually one thing i had in my notes about when they were all working on when they're all working on goat and it almost gave me the impression that reaper was the medic of the team but it was never Mm -hmm. specified i think that could have been like a really interesting character trait for him you know contrary to his to his uh his tag or whatever, his gamer tag or, or reaper. <laughs> right? So his 12-year-old Call of Duty tag. <laughs> um but yeah, like it would have been nice if they had, you know, say for example, if Destroyer was like the weapons specialist or something, because he has that big chain gun or that, that Gatling gun, right? So it would have been interesting, uh, just as like a different group dynamic, uh, if they had their own their own roles in. Because, like, you know, Samantha's giving him shit at the beginning. She's like, oh, have you ever thought about looking instead of, in, down a microscope instead of a sniper scope? <laughs> it's like, well, what if he's a team medic and she's just giving him shit and she doesn't know actually what he does despite, you know, obviously he's a soldier and he goes around killing people, but he's also, you know, he's also the team medic. That would have been interesting, I think.
1: Yeah, that would have been a super cool dynamic. And 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 I agree. I think that, like, there are a lot of instances in in – real life (laughs) where you have these sort of designated squad units that have different specialties and they do different things. And like you, you have a team that is put together with people who are good at different things so that you have all your bases covered. So it would, it would definitely have made sense to have the different characters play different roles uh, more clearly because they really don't. They're all just kind of like shooty shooty bang bang. (laughs) But also on that note, because I just thought of this scene when you were talking about gamer tags, when they're all picking up their guns in the helicopter at the beginning and it's reading off their names. And I'm like, we're not doing this right now. Are we, are we really like, I, like I get it. They need to, you need to know who's who, but there's better ways. Your gun is not going to read out your fucking name when you pick it up. Even if you have recognition. It's not going to do that cuz that's just not tactically smart to do things that way. Yeah. That's just kind of a dumb move. And I also I do wish they'd used more of the in-game guns, like the actual yeah. in-game machine gun and the in-game shotgun yeah. and things, you know.
0: I'm I'm glad that they they used the chainsaw, they had the BFG. But other than that, like they didn't really have anything like in Doom 2016 my favorite gun in that game was the double barrel shotgun. I fucking love that thing. Just like walking up to a demon and just obliterating it like with one shot. It would have been cool to see even all the other, cause some of the characters were carrying the same guns as other characters, like Portman and Reaper. They both had G36s and then Sarge, I don't know what he had. Cause they're all like, they're all built up by the props department. Mm. Right. The only reason I recognize it as a G36 was because of that big, that big handle that it has in the yeah. scope. Um, yeah, I mean, like they're all, you know, they were built up. They, they're actual guns underneath. They were just, you know, they put extra pieces on them, and make them look a little bit more badass and bulky and huge. Sci-fi. Yeah, more doomy.
1: <laughs> we gotta make this movie look more doomy. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, it would have been nice to see. Uh, some of because what would have been cool at the end for the first person sequence i was just thinking of this what if they all because sarge was carrying around the the mini gun which i guess was another gun from the game as well
1: it is called the chain gun
0: the chain gun so what would have been cool is what if you know all all the team was dead Re- reaper was like in the room or whatever i'm, I'm just like I'm I'm not gonna try to work out the specifics <laughs> of it right now, but um it would have been cool to see what if what if Reaper just had all of their guns and he was just switching like as he was running out of ammo, he was just switching boom, like fucking double barrel shotgun, chain gun, machine gun. Uh the I think there's a magnum in
1: it as well. There there is there is a a heavy duty handgun that feels like it could be a magnum or like uh like a deagle a, or something. Yeah, it's a desert eagle. Oh, but but in, in Doom 3, it doesn't look like a Desert Eagle. It looks like a... It, like a revolver? No, it doesn't have the six-shooter spinner. It's oh. just like... It looks like a flintlock handgun oh, without okay. the flintlock part, and it shoots like 45 mag like, bullets. Yeah, without, without
0: repeating myself too much, because I have a tendency to do that sometimes. But yeah, I think having each of the characters with their own guns from the movie and then have it all add up at the end with Reaper just fucking shit up or even Sarge. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that would have been kind of cool. Uh, So I'm gonna, I'm gonna mark this as the beginning of the end here uh, because we're getting on over an hour now, but I know you had a scenario you might've wanted to run past us of how you might've done this movie or some such thing. So if you want to go through that before we wrap this up, I would be very curious to hear it.
0: This is my own little Doom pitch. This is just what I do generally, anyways. I'm like, oh, if, if we're gonna make a Doom movie. How... <laughs> <laughs> um, but my my idea for a Doom movie, anyways, because everybody does these things differently. Like, there's, I wouldn't say like there's, massively good video game adaptations out there because they tend to stray from the source material a little too much.
1: But I I would also say that there is such an interactive element to video games. And when people adapt games to movies, they try really, really hard to to bring some of that interactivity and some of that, that component of including the audience in it. And I think that there's just... The stories are made to be in a game and transcribing them to something that's, I mean, 20 hours shorter and mm-hmm. completely passive viewing is just, it's its a really daunting task. And, and I think anybody that can create something that's like even half watchable, I would say the closest thing to like a really damn good video game adaptation I've seen is the Witcher series.
0: See, like, when when you look at... Just before I, I don't know, whatever. Serenade us. <laughs> um, If you want to call it that. Oh, I do. If you want to call it that,
1: right? I definitely do. <laughs>
0: um, I think... I mean, there are more complicated video games out there that would be much harder to adapt to a film. Like The Witcher, for example, which is yeah. a series instead of one movie, right? Mm. So with Doom, I think... I'm not saying it'd be easy. I don't think making any movie is easy. But if I were to do a Doom movie, I'd either have Carl Urban or The Rock on on Mars by themselves. Shit's already gone down. He has to close the portal and escape. So this is a really lousy pitch, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm overthinking it. But have have The Rock, because The Rock's popular right now anyways, yeah you could throw the rock in another doom movie and just say, okay, you're doom guy. Cause that's actually what they call them in the game. Yeah. So you're doom guy. And all you got to do throughout this whole movie. It's just, it's like cast away. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay, <laughs> all right so yeah. it's, so it's like, you're on, you're on Mars. <laughs> it's starting to sound a lot like, uh, the Martian so far, oh, sure. but you're on the Mar You're on the Mars. <laughs> you're on Mars by yourself. A demonic portal is just open. Everybody's dead. Maybe other than like maybe a couple of characters, I guess just to add some variety and maybe some things to help him out and you we know, whatever, but he's doom guy. He doesn't need help from anyone, but just have it. A, a pure. Insane, just demonic kill fest. You'd have to do it in a way where it wouldn't get boring and repetitive, obviously, um, But you could you could kind of mix some of the ideas from this one, you know, with the horror and everything. Start it off with a bang. And then have have the moments of like, you know, I'm not gonna say quiet reflection because it's doom. I can't see Doom guy, you know, getting into the deep philosophies and you know complex (laughs) issues of life.
1: Who Uh, am I? Why (laughs) am I here? Who am I?
0: But you know, start it off with a bang, so you know what's going on, and then he has to close the portal before he can even escape from Mars. And then you could leave it in a way where he's heading back to earth. And then, you know, he could see a portal opening up around earth or something and be like, oh. cause you know, it's a, you know, it's fairly self-contained. You can say like, he's on Mars. He gets up, closes the portal, gets out of, gets off of Mars.
1: I mean, you're basically just pitching the doom game. Yeah which in movie, fair
0: in movie form.
1: And and I think that I think that there would have been a lot more a lot more opportunity to do more interesting things. Like there was too many characters mm-hmm. that they were trying to focus on. They were trying to do too many things with those characters. It's like have a main character, have him by himself because that is what Doom is. You are on your own running around in the dark being attacked by demons. And there are people there who can talk to you. So that was one thing actually, too, because like right in the beginning, they do like a a microphone check sort of deal where they're talking through their eyes and they've got like the the kill cam set up. So they're looking right. And that's like that's very Doom. You have someone in your ear who will radio you and talk to you. You have like a video that feed that you can see sometimes that you'll find at stations and stuff where you can talk to people, but you don't often come across another living person. And when you do, they're usually either about to die or they're uh, like fucking stuck somewhere. Like you don't come across anyone else who's able to help you other than from a distance over radio to guide you. Yeah.
0: Like opening doors or
1: something for you. Yeah. So, so I think that in this instance, doing the movie different probably wasn't the best choice for, the best self-contained narrative that this movie could have been yeah for what it was i like i said i wasn't in the moment when they did it maybe it worked better at the time i don't know i think with the variation but looking back on it now it probably should have just tried to stay more the same rather than less
0: yeah i think because i i was in i was in junior high when this came out and i didn't see it in theaters i saw it on video afterwards but I had some friends who managed to get in and see it. And <laughs> the only thing they might have talked about the first person shooter sequence a little bit, but the, the one of my one of my friends from junior high, he's like, the first thing he mentioned was your pupils are dilated. Are you high? <laughs> so I mean, I think that says like quite a bit about the movie itself. But, you know, there are I mean, if you want to add different characters, you could just you know, have Doomguy find like a little girl that lost her parents and then have him guiding her <laughs> throughout Aww. That'd be lame though, I think. Well, I mean it could add
1: it could be interesting. I would say that there's benefit to it only in in if he had been Doomguy. Because the thing about Doomguy is he's like gi fucking gantic. He's like supposed to be over a foot taller than the average person. He's basically a boulder with legs. <laughs> And he can rip like he goes like, up against steel blast doors and rips them open. He throws fucking cars around like yeah. he is a human tank. Yeah. And if you had him coming across like a little a little girl lost somewhere, it'd be kind of it'd be kind of cool to see like how his character could because you could build a lot of character if it's only about him. And I mean maybe you risk turning it into like a big daddy little sister Bioshock kind of thing, yeah. but I mean. Yeah there's room for something like that here. And it would have been more interesting than some of the stuff like the, well, I appreciated the, the Reaper Sam like relationship. It was again, it would just, they kept faking you out about it. Like they're, they're whatever they're lovers and they broke up or like, they don't tell you. And then by the time you get to the truth of it, the truth is so much less interesting than everything that it could have been like every possible scenario I went through in my head for what their relationship was, was twice as interesting or more than, (laughs) Oh, we were twins. And one of us became an archeologist and didn't like that. The other one became a Marine. So we stopped talking like that's just petty bullshit. And there's no reason for it.
0: I think keeping, you know, like the, the little, you know, sister sort of aspect out of it. I think having Doom Guy versus a bunch of you know, demons throw a few characters in there. I think that and the only reason I say that is because the the Doom Guy's your avatar for Doom, right? So yeah. when it comes to a video game movie, I think that's like the closest you could possibly be to getting somebody into that interactive sort of sort of mode, right? I mean, I wouldn't do this, but, you could, like Hardcore Henry, you could do the whole thing in first person. Mm. But I think that would get a little boring after a while. I think you have to have, you know, creative... Not saying that a, a purely first person uh, movie can't be creative. But I think it would just start to look the same. You'd always see hands, you know. you always see hands moving around and stuff. And it just wouldn't be, like, you know, as cool as it could be.
1: At, at that point, I mean, it would just be like watching the video game. And that yeah. just, like, it wouldn't be very interesting. Yeah, but... But doing it in a short burst like they did was good. And and I, I think if they'd started off with a cast of like even three or four people, you know, yeah. like give a little bit of backstory to who Doomguy is. And yeah. as much as you ever get, I mean, you get more of it in three than I think any of the other ones. Um, and all you get in three is that you're a Marine who's replacing another Marine who went crazy and went home. Um, <laughs> like you you barely even ever see your own face. Yeah. So, being mysterious about it is fine. Yeah. And like having this chaotic beginning where shit goes down, a bunch of people die, and then Doom Guy has to save the day. Like that would have been a more interesting film. And then what you could do,
0: I mean, it probably wouldn't be good advertising necessarily, but you could just hide who the actor is inside the Doom Guy suit and then have it at the end that, "Oh shit, it's The Rock or it's Carl Urban or something. Yeah. They're back." So, I don't know. I that's that's the way I would doom, do do. That's the way I would do a Doom movie. <laughs> um, but that's that's the way like I would write a Doom movie anyways. Just have it like, just fucking chaos. Have you know their quiet moments. You know, throw the horror things in there and then continue on with the action horror kind of stuff while maintaining the tone of Doom.
1: You know, mixing it up a little bit. The elevator page that you just gave us was for like what a 30 floor elevator? Are we talking a 40 floor maybe, elevator? Maybe, maybe more. maybe more. Yeah, it was a long one, <laughs> but that's okay. So that was Doom. Thank you guys so much for listening. We very much appreciate it. This is the beginning of a series, as I said, of, of video game movies. As always, we'll be alternating in who selects what. So stay tuned. But I think we'll be doing uh, at least a few more of these discussions of adaptations. If not uh, a bunch, there's only so many video game movies. There's only so many people can talk about and listen to in a row. But it'll be it'll be a fun time, and uh, I look forward to doing this again. As always, there are spoilers in this episode. So if you wanna watch Doom without spoilers for some reason, then uh, you know, watch the movie first, then come listen to the podcast, and we'll catch you guys next time.
0: Semper Fi, motherfuckers.